Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, They are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Rene Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Rene's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. We arrived, they found the telephone weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religious As a mother, we are supposed to take care of our children, keep them safe, and help them grow. Not all women are built like this, especially women like Juanita Hoyt. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On May 13, 1946, Juanita Nixon was born in Richford, New York. She dropped out of school in the 10th grade when she met her husband, Tim Hoyt, in 1964. That same year, she would welcome her first son, Eric Hoyt, which should have been a wonderful time in the couple's life, turned tragic when, at only three months old, Eric died suddenly. This horribly tragic event would keep happening to the Hoyt family. James, born in 1966, died at 28 months old. James, born in 1966 and died at two years old. Julie, born in 1968 and died at one and a half months old. Molly, born in 1970 and died at two and a half months old. And Noah, born in 1971 and died at one and a half months old. All of them believed to have died from sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. 
The Hoyt family became an anomaly scientifically as it was odd for more than one child in the family to die due to SIDS. So odd that the leading expert in SIDS got involved, even placing her last two children in the hospital for observation. In fact, one of her children was the first in the nation to be placed on a special monitor at home that was thought to stop SIDS. This child died because, according to Juanita, the machine malfunctioned. It was even stranger because the Hoyts had an adopted son who seemed completely healthy and went on to live a long life. Some believed it was a genetic disorder, though one couldn't be found. In 1985, a prosecutor in the neighboring county was in the middle of a murder case that was initially thought to be SIDS. That is when he heard about the tragedy that plagued the Hoyt family. That prosecutor became the district attorney in 1992 and tracked down the case of Juanita Hoyt and sent it to the forensic pathologist to review. He then concluded this was not a case of SIDS, but murder. In 1994, a state trooper approached Juanita at a post office and asked her for help in the research he was doing on SIDS. She agreed and was questioned by the trooper and two other officers. At the end of this interrogation, she confessed to the murders of all five children by suffocation and was arrested. But why did she do it? The babies were crying and she wanted to silence them. Eric, Molly, and Noah were suffocated with a pillow, Julie by being pressed into her shoulder, and James with a bath towel. Her adopted son survived simply because her husband was always around and would have seen her do it. Her confession was later recanted and the validity challenged. Nevertheless, Juanita Hoyt was convicted in April of 1995 and sentenced to 75 years to life, 15 years for each of the children. Some believe that she suffered from Munchausen's by proxy, but it was never able to be proven. Juanita died in prison of pancreatic cancer in 1998. She died before her repeal, but was formally exonerated under New York law. Those around her said she was a kind woman and would often leave their children in her care. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 14th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it and share it with your friends. And remember, stay safe. This has been My Morning Cup of Murder. My Morning Cup of Murder is a daily podcast that talks about something that has happened in the true crime world on this day in history. Thank you for listening.